Welcome to the Business of Design podcast. I'm Cheryl Horn, Director of Operations for Business of Design. A lot has changed at Business of Design since this episode originally aired. For the latest information and rates on events and membership at Business of Design, head to businessofdesign.com. Enjoy the show. Everyone needs that friend who tells them what's hot and what's happening. And my friend Lyndon is just that person for me. When I speak to her, I always need to be poised to take notes. Uh, She mentions a new book that I have to read or a restaurant that I've got to try or an app that will make my life easier. A few months ago, she shared a business app with me and I thought, this is crazy. You guys have all got to meet Lyndon. So uh, I'm going to introduce Lyndon. Her career in creative services spans 15 years. She took a turn in fashion, she took a turn in film, and she's going to kill me for saying this, but if you've ever seen The Bride of Chucky movie, she was the hand model. So uh, there you go. So she has beautiful hands as well. That's true. Uh, Lyndon's uh, dynamic, I guess would be a good way to, to describe it, dynamic journey has given her a singular sense for what's next and who's great. And she currently leads the creative team at Heuristic Branding, and that might sound familiar because her partner in business and in life, Bruce Philp, has been on the show twice to great success and, and is in much demand. So, uh, so now you've met both of the dynamic duo of Heuristic Branding. And just for the record, they did the rebranding of Business of Design, the website. So if you remember what it used to look like and what it looks like now, you'll know how genius they are. And they are currently going to relaunch and um, rebrand Kimberly Selden Design Group, which I'm excited about. Now, during the interview with Lyndon, she told me about several apps I was unfamiliar with, but now I've done some research, and I can say I am a solid user of several of them. One of them, Dropbox, I would already have been using. It's invaluable to my team. If you work re- remotely, you can't live without it. Um, I, I don't think you can live without it. And Linda's going to recommend something called Trello, which is another great one to think about. And the two other apps she mentions that I now use almost daily, uh, crazy, I can't believe how I live without them, are Scannable and Receipt Bank. Change my life, these two apps. So she's going to describe what they're about. And again, if you're driving, don't try to write everything down. Go to businessofdesign.com. Go to episode number 41, five apps you need now. And all of the links are going to be there for everything she mentions. Okay? Everybody stay safe. And uh, I should also mention we take a little detour down a path where I talk about the fact that I have a a need, let's call it a need, once in a while to have a little kitchen in my life. I don't know if it's because I was born on April Fool's Day or, uh, or, or I don't know why. But anyway, I have been in love with this silly little dog vase uh, by Jeff Koons for many, many years. And I thought one day, I'm just going to go and buy it. And I was shocked to find out it was thousands of dollars. So Lyndon and I end up talking about it again. I did do some research online. I did find the vase for sale for $28,000, which I think is, I'm just not ready to buy a six inch tall vase that's a doggy uh, for $28,000 yet. But I hope I'm not making a mistake. I'm still holding out hoping I can do better on that. But one day I'm going to own that little vase, but I want to wrap up and tell you about that vase so you can Google it all online. We'll make sure we put a picture of the vase 
on the show notes as well. And uh, if you get a chance, uh, do us a favor, like us. Um, Just give us a five-star rating, if you wouldn't mind, when you subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud, and then we'll automatically be waiting in your phone or on your iPad. When you're ready to listen, we'll be there. And we appreciate all that love. Uh, It means a lot to all of us back at the office. Speaking of back at the office, the fabulous Cheryl Horn is here. Thanks for having me. Of course, always. I know I feel like a broken record, but we do have a few more spots available for high points. So those dates again, Cheryl, tell everybody about the trip. So it's April 13th to 15th. The uh, So it's three days. We're asking $11.95 for the trip. Um, but the important thing is booking your hotel early. They do sell out so quickly. It's going to be a really full three days exploring the market, uh, attending events as a group, group coaching sessions, um, personal coaching sessions with with you. Um, we've got a full itinerary, so make sure you can join us for that. Yeah. And if you've never been to High Point, it can be extremely overwhelming where to go, how to shop, how to introduce yourself, how to take advantage of what's available at the market. Uh, so there's that. We'll handle all of that for you as well. You don't have to bring a lot of extra cash uh, for food and stuff. Most of your meals are going to be included on our trip, uh, but there is a fun little market at High Point, And I've always found shopping there to be really tempting, but a credit card will work. So anyway, we'd love to have you join us. And Cheryl, thank you so much. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Selden, brought to you by Business of Design, a coaching community for independent designers like you. We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too. Hey, Lyndon, how are you doing today? Fantastic. How are you, Kimberly? I'm good, and I'm excited about this because I'm not that person who finds new apps and new technology quickly, and I'm not the person who adapts easily, but you are. So I was happy to have your ear today and ask you about some of the apps that all of us want to consider in our small businesses. Well, it's a total delight to be here today, Kimberly. Thanks for for having me on, and and I'm thrilled to bring some of these uh, my favorite apps and my favorite uh, technology to your BOD audience. Awesome. Okay, where are we going to start? Because I know you have quite a list. So, which one are you going to choose to go with first? I'm going to start with Trello. Um, the work that we do, we deal with creative teams that are in different geographies a lot of the time. And when you're dealing with remote teams uh, or remote clients in some cases, uh, these apps are great. They integrate, a couple of them integrate really well with each other, and that's kind of a bonus. So the first one is Trello. Trello is a mobile enterprise app for process and project management. So that's that's the official definition from their (laughs) website. (laughs) And the whole thing is about project management visualization. So it's kind of like working with Post-it notes on steroids. Ooh, I like Post-it notes. I'm not as familiar with steroids, but I (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever heard of Kanban boards, Kimberly? No. So I think 
and you know, don't quote me on this, but I think it's like a Japanese organizational. the The Kanban method is a Japanese organizational process from manufacturing, and basically, I think that the I've seen Kanban boards done digitally as well, but I think that Trello is taking the basic functionality of Kanban boards and adding to it. So it creates this visualization of organizing projects that's super easy to share and to collaborate on, and um, it really promotes transparency, which is great. Okay, so right away when you say this, I think of projects like commercial, where you're doing a condominium, you're, maybe you're doing the lobby, or you're doing the hallways, and you're typically working with a board of directors, which means a lot of people want eyeballs on the process, right? So let's say you've got that commercial project. What kind of stuff am I going to use Trello for? So I'm going to tell you a little, I'll use an example of one of the projects that uh, we used. There's kind of two different ways of using Trello with groups of people. Um, And I'll tell you a little story about each one. The uh, one example that seems to relate best to to what you're talking about with a commercial project with a condo board where everybody wants to be kept in the loop with the status but maybe they they have busy lives and the asynchronicity of a digital place to to receive information is going to be a lot easier for people who maybe have a hard time getting on a status call together so for one of our clients, we have a, a board of, there's there's three primaries on the project, and then there's a board of another eight people. So the way I use the can not the Kanban board, the way I use Trello for them is I put all the information there, and I put a notice for approvals, and I can set dates, I can set reminders, and I can set it up in such a way that it notifies everyone on the board or on the the whole team. And so that's super useful in that way. So you might have 16 people who want to be kept in the loop. And rather than sending an email with all of them CC'd and receiving individual replies from each and every person, which could be, you know, annoying and time consuming, instead you put it in Trello, they get a notification through Trello, and then they have the opportunity to go to the site and see the progress and the status, what's happening next and when it's happening. Precisely. And the visualization is just, I don't know, I find it a lot more user friendly than the way... Um, an email would work. Like mm-hmm. an email, you kind of have to dig through and you see like, oh, that person commented there on that date, but then this other person, it's not always, I don't know, for some reason they don't always come up in an organized fashion on my screen. So with the Trello board, it really, um, it it visualizes it in a way that it can be top line. You can open them up and see all the details. You can see all the discussions. You can see it all based on timelines. And you can see who said what. And then you can archive it and you can go back to it whenever you need to. Mm-hmm. So and this this shared content in this particular visualized way really, really promotes transparency. And people get to, if somebody has a great idea, everybody sees it at the same time. 
Right. So you can post an image. I My favorite part of it, you know, I got a little excited when I saw that there's a to-do list. Not, not just that there's a to-do list, but you could actually check it off that you did it and then it grays it out and crosses it off, which somehow makes me super excited, <laughs> which shows you the, the sad state of my social life. But like, that's kind of a turn on for me right there. So I'm excited to start using it. Um, so Trello.com. Yes. And even within that to-do list, you can assign certain people a task. So as a way of managing your team, you can, you can you know, make sure that a particular person is going to do it and check that box. Okay. So in, at a personal level too, you could even do a honey-do list. Precisely. <laughs> I don't think I do. my husband would like that very much. <laughs> I do use it. I use it for managing all my projects in as a sort of a central place to see what the status of everything is and what projects and what you know what's next and what timelines are coming up, et cetera. the other The other nice use uh, of Trello is if you have an internal team that you're trying to manage, it's a way of putting everything in one place. So when I thought about your your um, your audience, I thought, you know, if I was trying to do someone's house, this would give me a way of organizing all the different rooms. It would give me a way if you had um, suppliers who were fairly tech savvy and could update things themselves, you could keep it as an internal document as well. That's really cool. And I know it, it will also integrate with Dropbox, which we use for storage. Um, so, so, so that's Trello. Are you a fan as well of Dropbox or is that too old school? Oh, you've already, you've gone to my next one. Oh, okay. Yay. <laughs> I love, I love both Dropbox and Box. I personally started on Box instead of Dropbox. I think the difference is, and, and this is, you know, my sort of sense of it. It's not, uh, of my formal endorsement of one over the other, but I think that Box.com came from an enterprise background and has become more consumer centric where I think Dropbox started really more primarily as a consumer product and has become more corporate. So they're both great. And, um, both of them are, are a fantastic place to store files. So if you're on the go and you need to be able to access something, especially larger files, to be able to access something on the go remotely, share it with someone easily, just sending them a link so they they can click on that link and they don't have to necessarily download a giant file to their phone or their tablet. So when you're on the road, you can access documents that you need and they're safe. The thing that's really great about Box and Dropbox, especially with the integration of Trello and organizing everything in one place, if somebody from your team leaves and goes on a mat leave or goes to a competitor or something like that, you have the history of all the project, you have all the files in really neat organized space. Right, right, precisely. The thing too that I love about Dropbox now, I think we've upgraded so we have a bit more data storage, but it's very affordable. There's a free version that most people will be fine with. But AutoCAD files are really large and some of the images that we have professional photography for our website and projects, etc., those are quite large and we keep it all in one place, which is really amazing. And you can also uh, when we get an architect to help us on a job, I can send them to my Dropbox folder. Here are the drawings we have so far for the Goldberg Farmhouse um, 
take whatever you need and please provide us with the roof details and the sections of the staircase, etc. Yeah, it's exactly the same for us. We can share it easily with clients, with with partners or suppliers or vendors. We it's a it's a really, really useful tool. Very cool. Okay, so Dropbox or Box, either one, working with Trello. Let's see, what do you have up your sleeve next? Have you ever heard of Scannable? Um, no. It's not it sounds it sounds like Hannibal. It's a scary <laughs> movie. It's nothing to do with that, is nothing it? I can't to watch do with that it. kind of stuff. It scares me. No, Scannable is um so Scannable is basically a scanning app. Scannable recently was purchased, I don't know, maybe not recently, but at some point in the not too distant past was purchased by Evernote. And it's um it was introduced to us by Jen, our fabulous real estate agent in Toronto. And it's perfect for dealing with paper, converting paper to a digital form. So basically you use Scannable and you take a contract or you can take a picture of a business card. You can photograph any document and it will convert it to a PDF. It'll combine pages easily and then you send it and it's not a giant JPEG file. Okay, so the difference is, because you could take a picture with your phone, but when I take a picture of a document with my phone, it's a JPEG file, which can be manipulated. And sometimes it's fuzzy and sometimes the page is a little crooked. Um, what was scannable, what you're talking about, it turns it into a PDF. Is, it, is the quality better? Because I notice sometimes when I take a picture with my phone, it's not very good. Yeah, and it sort of flattens the page for you as well, even when there's a little bit of a curve. Like, you know, when you open a book and the spine causes it to curve a little bit, it seems to flatten it. It identifies where the page edges are, so you don't have, like, the background of, you know, your your desk or your right. your carpet or whatever you're using. So it's using. neater. It's yeah. tidier. And it's a much higher quality. I think it, the technology recognizes where the 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 printed material is with more clarity than a photograph does uh, it's it's less likely to um, pick up on shading and shadows okay and now is there a cost for scannable no I'm pretty sure it was a free app actually ooh free mm-hmm. is good everybody likes free right <laughs> it's really okay I and, can see using that right away like that sounds like it's pretty user friendly I'm just going to jump on board and you know what else it is? Like, you know, our fabulous loft in the city. We don't have room in the in any of the corners there to have a big, ugly scanner sitting there. So it's a perfect, uh, very easy way to kind of feel like you have an office wherever you are. Okay, I like that. Okay, and that's that's another reason I like Dropbox because I'm going back and forth between Toronto and Santa Monica and I have all my files wherever I am. It doesn't matter. Um, so that's another good reason to get yourself hooked up like that if you want to be more flexible. Yeah. Okay, so, yep. okay, so that, that was, I think that was number three, scannable. Number, what's number four? So this is a really practical one, but... Uh... One of my favorite ones is Receipt Bank. Ooh. So Receipt Bank, 
helps you to track financial transactions instantly without having to input the data manually. It extracts and organizes key information from clients' receipts or from invoices and from expenses. So as you go through your day, you're just constantly staying on top of your bookkeeping, which I love. Every time we would have to file HST, I would spend... 12 to 15 hours uh, working on something like this. So every quarter it would take a lot of time to get everything organized for the bookkeeper to, to be able to use it. And I'd be inputting data like, you know, the HST breakdowns manually, whereas this automatically extracts the HST from every receipt. It has some sort of technology that can identify where the tax is. Oh, wow. Okay, so I get a receipt... Um, and I take a photo of the receipt? Yeah, basically there's a, a kind of a, a camera within the app that you use, and it can either take a photograph of one receipt or multiple receipts, and then it sends it. You can also tag the receipts with a particular job so that you can separate as you go mm. if you want to categorize them for a particular client or if it's a business expense or if it's office or if it's you know parking or whatever it is That's you can mm-hmm. and you if you have a receipt that you get like for example from google or from um, apple you can just email that receipt to your email address for your receipts and and it automatically categorizes it as well Oh wow. So if that so in other words, I don't have to type in that it came from Apple or uh, but I can say that it goes to my client Smith. Exactly. Ooh. Exactly. And the other nice thing about Receipt Bank is it it integrates really well with a lot of different um software for accounting. So like QuickBooks or Xero or FreshBooks and I think there's probably 12 different ones that they list on their website, but uh all the the main sort of cloud accounting software works really well with it. So you just can click through and it will kind of automatically reconcile it with your bank account. Ooh, okay. Well, I'm, 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 at the moment, I'm annoyed with QuickBooks. They did something that I think is really horrible, although I've been happy with the product. I have to be honest. I have been happy with the product up till now, but they sent me a little, okay, I'm ranting here. This has nothing to do with the business of design podcast, but Lynn is my friend, so she'll listen. So they send this little thing like, try an upgrade, try this upgrade for QuickBooks Online. It's on sale. So, you know, give it a try. So I did. I tried it for three months at half price and I thought, "Mm, I don't need it. I was doing fine with the previous version. I don't want to pay the extra money. Well, guess what? There is no way to downgrade. Ooh. So so now I'm paying double for stuff that I don't want after they proposed it to me as you should try this. That seems... yeah, there's no try. There's commit, and now they have now they have me hostage. They're saying if I want to downgrade, I basically have to dump all my existing data and start over. And yeah. I've been a member for like ten years. That doesn't seem right to me. I, I would per, I would horrible. push on that. I think that they'll uh, they might uh, see the error in their ways. That's just bad business practice. Anyway, okay. So I digress. I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna get back in line here. And I'm gonna be. Tell, I'm gonna tell you that receipt bank bank is super exciting to me because at the end of a week, I look over behind my desk and there's a stack of receipts and my eyes are just like rolling back in my head. Some are Canadian. Some are U.S. 
IRS and I have to figure it out and there's two different tax systems and it's kind of a nightmare. So actually this one is really, really exciting to me. So I'm, I will try this one out immediately. Thank you. You're very welcome. Um, and then the next, I actually have two, but they're kind of similar or at least connected in a way. Um, they're both art related and, uh, these are not something that I get to use very often in, in my business, but I thought it might be something that your audience would enjoy using. So, and I just enjoy it visually and, and personally, I think they're great. So the first one is called Paddle 8. Paddle 8 is basically a modern day art and collector's auction online. Ooh. Oh, you mean like a pad, like you're at a you're at an auction, it's like when you bid, you're holding up a paddle. So P A D D L E. Yeah, paddle exactly. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. And uh, basically individual collectors can sign their work to sell at auction or via private sale through this online platform. You can find paintings, prints, photographs, sculptures, all sorts of really interesting things. Ooh, I have two things I I am coveting and I want, but they're kind of both outside of my uh, price point at the moment. So I'm going to go and I can look, for example, like I want a painting by Charles Pachter. I can Mm. go online and I can search his name. And if he has something there, I can bid for it online. Totally. Ooh, that could be dangerous. <laughs> you know, the other thing I want, I probably have told you this before, but I want that doofy little dog vase by um, Jeff Koons. That is crazy expensive. I just can't believe it. it's a little piece of kitsch, but for some reason I feel the need to own this. I think it was like, I don't know, tens of thousands of dollars. Um, I can't believe it. And a knockoff won't do. I really want an original, like a really, I don't know what it is, but there you go. I think you need to have this. I, <laughs> I do. I think it needs to be part of your world for sure. I do. People yeah. always are amazed that I like kitsch, but I don't. I like one thing of kitsch in a space, not a whole lot, but one thing I think is kind of fun. I think that I think that a little bit of kitsch in a space communicates that you're not taking yourself too seriously. There you go. There you go. Yeah, it's like a wink. <laughs> a wink. So the the thing that I thought was cool about Padalate potentially for your um, for your audience and and for their clients is that it can it could be a great resource for finding that perfect piece for in a room, but it also could be useful. And I'm speculating that if somebody's going from a really classic house and they've they've sold their house and they've got this beautiful art collection and they want to move into a condo and they just want to reinvent themselves for whatever reason and they want to go all modern this is a way that uh, you could either show them how to do themselves or if you had a big enough team maybe you could help do it you could sell a collection of art and paddle eight has skilled art evaluators on their staff to make sure that you're getting you know it's a third party evaluation who is highly skilled in in that particular realm so you could help your clients you know kind of liquidate things that they don't want anymore Wow, that's great because often people have lived with something a long time. They love it, but they're ready to let go of it by the time you're doing a big renovation. Exactly. So that's a great resource. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. The other one that I thought was cool in the in the art world is a 
is an app called Sachi Art. And this seems to be more focused on emerging artists. And so you can discover some young talent as they're on their trajectory to fame. And uh, and there's just some great, great pieces. I'm, I just find it great candy, eye candy to look at at night when I'm falling asleep. So... I'd keep an eye on that. And there's a funny, um, there's a funny function that Sachi Art has. I don't know if Paddleade has it as well. I, I don't think so. But you can visualize a piece within a space. It has this um, virtual reality capability. So mm. it goes through, you, it uses your camera and the lens from your camera to look at a space. Let's say you want to put a painting above a above a fireplace so you could show the client what that particular painting would look like over their fireplace and it would it automatically it uses the iphone or the it uses the phone's technology to um make it scaled correctly based on where you're standing in the room whoa yeah that is cool that's really cool because, of course, when we do styling, that's when we bring the artwork in, but we don't always have the client's permission to put holes in the wall. So to be able to show them, here's what we're thinking, this is where it would go, do we have your permission to A, buy it, and B, hang it, would be a game changer for me. So that's Sachi art. And don't worry if you're driving, you don't have to uh, write these down. Every single link will be on businessofdesign.com under Lyndon's episode. 41, five apps you need now, now, this minute. Okay, so those those are amazing apps. Thank you so much for always keeping me up to date. And we do like to end the episode with design intervention, which is exactly what it sounds like. You know, we're all a busy entrepreneurs running our businesses independently, and we could all use a little design intervention from time to time. So what do you have that you think might be helpful to everyone listening? Well... There was um, there was something that I had overheard you talking about with Bruce previously, and uh, it had to do with contracts. Is that right? I don't okay. remember if that's correct or Bru- not. So yeah, so Bruce was was on the podcast twice. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, probably. I think I think I heard you talking about contracts at one point, and I just wanted to tell a quick story about uh, a project where we were hiring an interior design company to do a commercial space, and there were three companies in the final bid. At the end, uh, it really came down to two particular companies. And both of them had everyone's confidence that they would do a great job. One had a very clear kind of simple language proposal, seemed to be, you know, the the business equivalent of having their heart on a sleeve. And the other one had all this legalese and caveats and kind of, if you do this, then we're going to bill extra here. And if you do this, we're going to bill extra there. And then this is an additional fee and beware of this because in this context, this. And and ultimately, everything that you do is a communication. And it, com- it reveals something about who you are. Mm-hmm. And so well, I could have imagined myself working at that place and saying to my, believing that this was a really professional kind of proposal and it, it kind of was transparent and put everything out there. 
the effect it had on the people making the decision of who was going to get hired was that they didn't trust people. Wow. So I love our contracts because it's really simple language. We are absolutely transparent, but we don't we don't use extremely formal language in it. It's it's really pretty user friendly. So so bottom line, everybody, if you're if you're not sure what a sentence means in your contract, get it out of your contract. And if there's a way to um, make it as simple as possible so the clients feel comfortable with the, not just the language but the process, you're going to be ahead of the game. Right? Exactly. And if you make someone feel defensive, that's never a win situation. Never. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much. I want to take a look at your contract, by the way. Maybe <laughs> there's something we can steal from Heuristics contract. Any tips for us on a favorite customer or a least favorite customer? Any experiences you've had with either of those that you could add something to for us? Oh, geez. My least favorite. <laughs> Well, we won't name names, will we? No, absolutely we won't. <laughs> I think that there's a, um, in, our, in our business, we deal with uh, strategy. And we really, really, we are, we are vigilant about sticking to strategy. strategy. And strategy is, you know, it, it, um, it guides all the decisions that we make. So when a client says, well, but I like something better. I like the word like seems like a a real problem for us because it's, you know, sure. I like all kinds of things. I like butterflies and I like roses, but it doesn't mean that it's the right thing to do for, let's say for a packaging client or something. So, um, uh, really being strict about the, the sort of the parameters helps us to create something that's coherent and uh, and and it also helps us to manage our clients because because you have a lot of people who like different things and they all have an opinion about what they like or what their husband likes or what their wife likes or their next door neighbor likes and right. and suddenly it's uh, it's really all up for grabs. So having a uh, I guess it's saying being vigilant about a strategy or a creative brief versus just liking things. That is so good. And it's great to keep in mind too for those customers who want to go shopping with you. Because you take them shopping and they're going to find a ton of things they like. And then you're going to have to be in the position where you say, that's great. I like that too, but it doesn't fit here. That isn't our strategy. That isn't our mandate. That isn't what we've agreed we wanted to accomplish, which is not always easy for us to do. But it's interesting to hear that, of course, that also applies to other businesses like branding. So we're not alone out there, guys. Everybody's having to make these same sorts of um firm decisions on behalf of clients and then keep clients on track. That's most of what I do is keep clients on track. And Lyndon, thank you for keeping me on track with apps. I would be lost without you, my love. Oh my goodness. (laughs) It's a delight. Absolutely a treat. Always fun to talk to you. Thanks so much, Kimberly. Thank you. At Business of Design, it takes more than hard work and talent to successfully run a professional design firm. There are proven business strategies that can solve your immediate business challenges and transform your life. Don't try to do this alone. 
Join today and you'll have access to more than 100 video courses, plus access to Kimberly Selden as your mentor and guide. Unlike traditional coaching, which can take years to produce tangible results, BOD is a fast track to immediate results for independent interior designers, decorators, architects, stagers, and landscapers just like you. Monthly membership is only $67.50. Annual members save two months and have access to Kimberly's contracts. What are you waiting for? Together, we will achieve extraordinary results. Start today.